Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Tune is buried. That was Sauce Gardner coming in hot. Garrett Wilson, here he goes. Goodbye and hello end zone. Van Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to talk about day number 21 of New York Jets practice, the final day of training camp. The final preseason game comes up on Sunday. Jets and the Giants at MetLife Stadium at 1 o'clock. And so to break it all down, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, what's up, man? How's it going? It's going well. I feel like this is going to be bittersweet for you because even though I'm sure there's a part of you that hates standing out in the sweltering hot heat every day at training camp and driving to Florham Park and having to burn through gas and having to file all these training camp reports, you're going to miss it at least a little bit, aren't you? Well, I'll still have to drive out to Florham Park several times a week. It's just we won't be watching the entire practice. And I think it's, it is... Um, I mean, it, to be totally honest with you, it gets a little monotonous at times because a lot of these practices, you know, there isn't much you can take out of what's going on out there in terms of like a lot, a lot of it's just like special teams drills or, um, you know, positional drills and, and the way where we stand on the sideline, you're not, you can't get a good look at it. I mean, actually at, at the joint practice the other day, it was, it was really interesting because we could be a lot closer to, to a lot of that stuff and, and, and actually got a little bit more out of watching it. But yeah, a lot of it is just kind of waiting for team drills 
and, and I'm not going to miss that part and, and sweating through my shirt several times a day. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think you, you're, if we were watching practice every day during the regular season, you would have a little bit more context about um, why some things are happening that are happening. So I, I definitely is, I'm going to miss that part of it, but um, yeah, I, I'm not going to miss uh, what resulted in a horrible farmer's tan uh, <laughs> over the last month, which was standing out there for three hours a day. Uh, but, but also do, do feel lucky to be able to, to, to do that and, and grateful that, you know, we get to watch and kind of see everything that goes in. I mean, obviously the team's, do their own walkthroughs at night and stuff, but we see a lot of, of what goes into choosing who, who makes the roster. And, and that's, that's pretty cool to be able to relay that to the fans. So yeah, I'll definitely miss that part of it. Andy, let's talk about some of what you watched today and we'll begin with Joe Flacco. He's had a few up and down practices. He's had some strong practices. None that I would classify as bad today. He went out on a bang, pretty strong practice for him. Yeah, it was a light day. This was the jets are, as we know, treating this as a dress rehearsal. So this was a, a pretty light day, a, no, a normal regular season type Friday. It was, it was more like a walkthrough than a practice, but they were going at it in, in team drills. And he went 10 of 12, had an interception that came on a, on a really strange play where he just kind of threw it up in the air to Brees Hall, <laughs> like almost like it was a, you know, a, a dead play or something, but, but, it, it did happen, so it counted as an interception. Uh, and then I think his other incompletion was a drop by Jeff Smith. So um, it was a good day for, for Joe Flacco. I think he threw four touchdown passes. Now, every drive they started, there was there was only three team drill periods. It was Every drive started like between the 25 and the 21. Um, so he was working near the end zone, but uh, had a couple of, of really nice touchdown passes to Corey Davis and Brees Hall for another. So, um, yeah, he looks like he understands the offense. He looks like he's making good, quick, quick, crisp decisions. I, we didn't have him. To, all of that is good. Uh, I, I think he's going to give them a chance to win week one if they can protect him. That's kind of what it's going to come down to. And um, and if he's the quarterback week one, which you know I would expect, unless something shocking happens in terms of Zach Wilson, you know, taking a big step in practice next week and, and then practicing for real, real week one, that's the only way he can get out of the field. So um, you're probably going to see Joe Flacco week one. And I think from everything we've seen so far, he looks like he's ready. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. 
offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Andy, I want to dig in a little bit more on Corey Davis because he's at a really good camp and it seems like he's done his best work with Joe Flacco. Strong connection there. We had heard a lot about Zach Wilson and Tyler Conklin and how they were really gelling. Corey Davis appears to be that guy for Joe Flacco. I think there's a very good chance that Davis is highly productive during the weeks that Flacco ends up starting. Yeah, I I agree. I I think part of it is just trust. Like Flacco is making these throws where he's just letting Corey go up and get it. And Corey is doing it. And, and that's been cool to watch the, the first touchdown he had today was a phenomenal touchdown. He's coming across the middle of, of the end zone from the left sideline. Flacco puts a bullet up there where only Corey can get it. Uh, you know, Davis jumps very high, comes down with a catch in traffic and lands really hard in his shoulder uh, and the side of his helmet. And for a minute there, I think, Everybody on the Jets sideline was holding their breath, especially Robert Sala, because Davis was shaken up. And then he came to the sideline, and it, and it turned out just to be that his, his helmet had scratched him. And, and Sala admitted later, he's like, you, you can't stay down for a, for a scratched face because it, it scared him. But uh, you know, he ended up being fine. And then on the, on the last play for the first teamers of, uh, of team drills, Flacco, once again, same type of deal. This, this one, that first throw was probably from around the twenty. This, this throw was a fade from the five-yard line or the four-yard line, and he just threw up a perfect 50-50 ball. Corey went up and got it and came down with a nice catch, and he was pumped, and, and I think a lot of his teammates were pumped about it too. Uh, you know, Corey Davis has said like he wasn't happy with last year and that he wanted to come back and, and kind of show that he can be a leader and he can be a number one receiver, and I, and I think you got a guy who is in you know great shape, has dropped a little bit of weight, um, he's highly motivated. He's, he's still, I think, 26 or 27 years old. Uh, I, I think he is expecting to have a monster season, and his teammates are expecting that as well. Andy, for as good and as consistent as Corey Davis has been throughout training camp, Garrett Wilson has been a bit of a mixed bag. He's had some really nice plays. We saw a couple in the preseason game against the Falcons, but he's also dropped quite a few passes. He dropped another one today. He's a rookie, so you have to cut him some slack, but it's a little frustrating early on. You hope he grows out of that habit. Yeah, I mean, it's been a bit of a troubling trend, I guess you would say. Now, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen in the games, but it's happening in practice. He clearly doesn't want it to happen in practice, and um, it's just, it is what's happening. So I don't know what it's going to mean for the season. I mean, he did have a little bit, of trouble with drops at Ohio state. Uh, I mean, my guess will be like that he might struggle with it early or if, if it is an issue that that continues that it won't be that big of an issue because he's such an explosive guy um, that he'll make up for it if it happens. Um, And that's kind of what happened today. He dropped an easy one from Mike white 
And then after he came off the field, he's over there talking to Lafleur and Sala, and you know, I, I think I, I it didn't couldn't hear what they were saying, but I'm guessing the message was something like that that can't happen. And and it wasn't like a tense interaction. Wilson ended up you know kind of laughing by the end of it and, and patting himself on the chest, walking away like my bad. And then very early in the next team drill series, he goes out there with Joe Flacco uh, and catches a 20-yard touchdown pass in which he he absolutely roasted. I couldn't see who was covering him because there's no replays and we only get one one shot at it, but but he got wide open. And it was a, it was a really nice job and a really nice play. So, I mean, you just don't want to keep having the drops because in a key situation, it can be the difference between winning and losing and, and you just don't want to have it become a, a mental type thing for him. Uh, it's happening. So that's why it's a little bit of a concern, but I don't think it's like, he's going to be a bad receiver because he's had some drops in training camp. It just means he's had some drops in training camp and it's something to watch heading into the regular season because obviously dropping a ball in a, in a real NFL game where result is on the line is, is not like dropping a ball in the preseason or in training camp. It's a big deal. So, uh, that, that's all that is. It doesn't mean that the, the kid isn't going to be a good receiver and it doesn't mean that he doesn't have, uh, immense talent. I think he's probably not probably he's the most talented receiver. Uh, and I think that's the big takeaway from training camp on him, but this is just something that, that has continued to happen and, and something worth watching. That's all. Andy, while we're on the subject of wide receivers, Calvin Jackson has been really good at training camp. Five foot nine player who plays like somebody who's a lot taller than that. He's especially done well with Chris Trevler and Mike White. And that leads us to the Denzel Mims situation because if Denzel Mims were to get traded, then maybe Calvin Jackson sticks on the roster when otherwise he probably wouldn't have. We know that Denzel Mims' agent requested a trade yesterday. Today, there's a report from Panthers beat writer Joe Person saying that the Panthers have called and are very interested. Makes sense because Denzel Mims did excellent work for Matt Rule at Baylor, had two 1,000-yard seasons. If anybody would still believe in Denzel Mims, it would be Matt Rule. There's buzz that other teams are calling too, but the story here is that the Jets are willing to trade him, but they don't want to give him away. But it's sort of a conundrum because based on what Mims did last year, there's not a lot that you'd be willing to give up if you're an NFL team so how much can you reasonably expect Andy I assume that they're going to trade Denzel Mims by the time the final cutdown happens at four o'clock on Tuesday but you're not so sure about that yeah I just like there's a number of factors kind of working against that happening I think that first of all when when a player I mean we just kind of saw it with the Kevin Durant thing on obviously on a much different level but when a player does this and publicly requests a trade it makes it harder to trade them uh if if like there are kind of conditions that have to be met because teams are going to think well they might release him so they're not going to want to to spend anything on him um and that obviously wasn't the case with the durant thing but like i think the jets are going to want something meaningful from mims because he is still a guy who has a lot of upside but also he he hasn't produced at all like he doesn't have a touchdown catch in his career he had eight catches last year um, it's not like you're going to get a lot from him. And the Jets are kind of in a situation where he's going to make the roster and he's going to provide something valuable to them, which is depth at receiver. And 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 if you look at their personnel, like Corey Davis is the only receiver taller than, than six feet who, who's a lot to make the roster other than Mims. So I, I think he's kind of an important part of this roster if anything were to happen to, to one of their receivers. 
Um, even though he's not getting the opportunities he wants now, uh, I think he would get them if there was an injury. I think the problem is he's stuck behind three guys who are, who are really good receivers. And then, you know, his, his inability to kind of grasp the special team stuff ha- has kept him from maybe climbing up a little higher on the depth chart than, than Jeff Smith. But, but I would say there's a getting to the point where he's probably higher on the receiver depth chart than Jeff Smith. Um, or, or, or it's close. So a- anyway, um, you know, Salah said today that, that I don't think it's over with that, or it's not over with Denzel. I'm not ready to, to say it's over. Um, and he basically said that like they need to figure out a way to, to make it work because he is one of the best 53 players and he's going to be on the roster. So I think they're going to be open to a trade. And if they can get something of value for him, I, I don't know what the line is fifth round fourth round i think it's probably somewhere that's like the threshold like they should do it obviously uh, give, give him a chance and and if it makes their team if they get something out of it that makes sense then then yes but they I, they should not release him they should not trade him for a sixth or a seventh round pick andy you said that there was a play at the very end of practice that almost typified the denzel mims experience over the past two plus years here with the jets where he caught a pass and it was out of bounds. So it was a nice play, yeah. but ultimately didn't matter, right? Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, part of it is like he doesn't make his own breaks and, and he can't catch a break. And that kind of like sums it up. Like he, he was just a little off. Um, the throw was good enough for him to get his feet in. He wasn't able to get his feet in, made a nice catch, but it didn't, it didn't matter. And then practice ended <laughs> like, Literally a second later, they blew the horn three times, which means they went into their little walkthrough period for about 30 minutes after practice. But essentially, practice was over. So, um, yeah, it was kind of fitting for for what it's been like for Mims. And, you know, I, I understand, like, a lot of it is, like, what the agent said on, on Monday or whatever day that was, Thursday. Like, that that it's just not ha- going to happen with the Jets. And I, and I see, like, I understand that. And I, I see it. And I, and I, under- I get the feeling. But but again, like with when you look at their roster and what they have at receiver and what they're going to be bringing in, um, I, I just think he is a guy who who could be important. And I don't think they should just because he demanded a trade, say okay and, and get rid of him. I, I just don't think they should. Andy Brees Hall used quite a bit in passing drills today. Caught a touchdown on a swing pass from Joe Flacco. This is one thing that we've talked about quite a bit. Brees Hall is an excellent running back, but he also has receiver skills beyond just your typical running back receptions. That swing pass would be a typical running back reception, but we've seen numerous times him being able to run actual routes. He's going to be a big weapon for the Jets in a variety of ways this year. We continue to see that today at training camp when he was making plays in the passing game. Yeah, he, he's been solid. I mean, consistent, solid. He, he said you know, the other day that the toughest part has been kind of learning the nuances of the offense and, and all the little things that you know, he has to – he has to do, um, you know, when, when things get changed in the line of scrimmage. But, I mean, from everything we've seen, he looks very comfortable. Uh, looks very comfortable running the ball. Looks very comfortable uh, coming out of the backfield and, and um, you know, catching the ball. And also, like, very comfortable when they put him in motion and, and have him kind of doing some stuff that, that maybe you wouldn't have seen a year ago with this Jets running back room. So, um, yeah, he's going to be 
uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch this offense when they open up the playbook for real in week one, because obviously they haven't done that in training camp or the preseason. Um, it's going to be pretty fascinating to see how they use a bunch of guys, but Brees Hall is certainly very close to the top of that list. Andy, anything else that happened in practice today that we didn't touch on yet that's worth mentioning? No, it, it was a pretty, like I said, it was a shorter practice than normal. It, it was um, a typical type Friday practice that you would see in the regular season. Uh, it, it was just kind of, you know, dialing in those last minute preparations and getting ready for the game. Uh, uh, it was hot again. Uh, and, there, you know, some guys weren't out there like George Fant. We'll get into the injuries later, but George Fant wasn't out there because he had a veteran rest day. Um, it was just... Uh, you know, it, it was not the intense vibe that we saw last week after or during the Falcons practice. It, and like, honestly, the Giants practice on Thursday was was pretty laid back. This was kind of a, a continuation of that. But I will say that, like, they look sharp and, and that's and that's probably a good sign. Andy, as you just alluded to, no George Fant, no DJ Reed. What do we know about this? Yeah. So DJ Reed hurt his knee at the practice yesterday or at the Giants practice on Thursday um, they looked at his knee for a long time we were right next to the injury area where we were watching practice uh, at the Giants facility and I mean they had him on the table doing the, the the stability tests and then they had him walk and jog and they watched him eventually he grabbed his helmet and went back over to the, the other side of the field but when they did sprints for conditioning at the end he didn't participate in them. Salah said he was fine and had a jammed leg, but today he said um, that it's still, there's some lingering soreness and that the medical staff thought it would be best if he stayed off of it for the day. That's starting to become a little bit of something to watch. Uh, so let's see next week if he's in practice uh, and and what it looks like heading into to week one. I, I just told you about Fant. Uh, Bryce Hall, Salah said that, that he hurt his foot uh, during the joint practice when he made an interception against the Giants. Uh, it, when he woke up on Friday, it was a little sore, so he was held out of practice. They're not worried about it long-term, but um, we'll see if he plays on Sunday. And I think that's pretty much it with the injuries. Andy, Robert Salas spoke after practice. You just mentioned what he said about the injuries. What else did he have to say? Yeah, Mims was obviously a huge topic of conversation. Just a little bit more about what he said about that. He, he said that he appreciates that that Mims believes he's one of the three best receivers on the team and, and that he loves that he has that competitive attitude. But he also said, like, that has to be, you know, contrasted with, like, the reality of the situation. And the re reality of the situation is that when you have Corey Davis, uh, Elijah Moore, and Garrett Wilson ahead of you, those guys are going to get first dibs. That's exactly what he said, and, and that's just how it is. Um, and so that's something else that, that Mims has to deal with. And and, he, and also the reality of the situation, like I said before, if if that they feel like they have to keep him on the roster because he's one of the best 53, um, he, he, he basically challenged Mims to own your role and, and capitalize on your opportunities when you get them. Um, the other stuff he said ab about Mims is that, that he understood why he was frustrated because it, it's a frustrating situation. Um, and he definitely, he said it, he didn't think he would be a locker room distraction if they did keep him. Uh, he said that he didn't think it was because he didn't love the team or didn't like his teammates or didn't like the coaching staff. He thinks it's just about the fact that he's not getting enough opportunities 
And again, he said he, he, he was everything they wanted from him in practice today was, was engaged in meetings uh, and, and like they're moving forward as business as usual. Uh, uh, another few things that Salah said, he gave a little bit more clarity about the exact plan for Sunday's game. He confirmed the starters will play, basically joked that, that he used all his timeouts uh, in the Philly game when, when he didn't let Carl Lawson play. So, so he's going to have to let those guys there. He said the plan is for a quarter to a quarter and a half. Um, and it won't matter if the Giants play their starters or not. He's not worried about like some second stringer trying to knock out a, a, a first string Jets receiver because he just doesn't think, um, A, he mentioned like a, it wouldn't be good for a player to do that and get blackballed. And, and B, he just thinks there's a mutual level of respect between the teams to where there's not going to be guys out there trying to, to – you know, hurt somebody and alter their career. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's going to be the plan for Sunday. And then next week the Jets will practice Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They'll practice on cut-down days. It sounds like after they make cuts. Um, and, and then they'll be off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's the mandatory three-day period in CBA. And then they'll come back the next Monday, and it'll be Labor Day, and, and they'll be getting ready for Baltimore. Uh and yeah, that was pretty much what Salah had to say today. We also heard from Tyler Conklin and LaMarcus Joyner. What did they have to say? Yeah, Conklin just talked a little bit about the adjustment to Joe Flacco and, and said he's still figuring out what he likes, what he doesn't like, uh, how to make his job easier. But he said it, it hasn't been a difficult adjustment. And, and he has continued to be the more involved tight end, even under Joe Flacco. So it just gives you an idea of, of where Tyler Conklin is right now. I mean, he's looking like the Jets' best tight end going into the regular season now. Will it play out that way? A lot of times it doesn't, uh, but he certainly had a, a strong training camp and, and he had a, another catch today on, on the last day of training camp, so uh, continuing that theme. Uh, and then with uh, LaMarcus Joyner, he, he had an interesting availability. He, he admitted like the two years before he was with the Jets was very challenging. He obviously was in a situation where he was, wasn't happy playing a position he didn't want to play with the Raiders. Um, he said, like, the experience with the Jets has been great, even though he only got to play, like, less than 15 snaps last year before suffering that season-ending triceps injury in week one. But he said, you know, being away from football, being off the field kind of gave him a chance to recharge uh, physically and, and emotionally and spiritually. He admitted he'd been going through some tough things in his life outside of football and, and that his family has been supportive and the Jets have been supportive. And he said that, um, you know, if there, there hadn't been an opportunity with the Jets this season, he would have just retired because he, he, he likes this organization that much. He, he, he raved about the culture that Salah is building and, and, and wants to be a part of it. And, and then when he was asked if he was considering this being his last season, he said, no, he, he feels as good as he's felt in a long time, physically and mentally. And he believes uh, it won't be anytime soon that that he'll be done, and, and but he wants to continue playing for the Jets. So, I mean, interesting, I thought, to hear from him, and, and it kind of shows a little bit um, how the Jets have kind of been able to change their perception league-wide a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think it, it's interesting. It's coming, him saying that it's coming, like, off the heels of Denzel Mims saying what he said uh, and, and wanting a trade. But I, I, it does feel different around here. And, um, you, know, you know, I think they are doing a good job of building the culture. 
it, it's it's different and it's better than it was before. The team is definitely more on the same page, uh, but that won't mean anything if they can't turn it into wins. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down day number 21, the final day of New York Jets training camp with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out your work over at NJ.com, follow you on social media. How can they follow you and what are they in store for over the next couple of days at NJ.com? Yeah, we'll have plenty of good stuff there. Um, I've I'm, I'm got a profile coming on Bradley and A, who obviously has had quite a training camp and and really turned a lot of heads in the, in the Monday night football game with the forced fumble, the recovery, and the touchdown. Um, and he's also a pretty interesting guy off the field, so, so check that out. Um, obviously, full coverage of, of Sunday's game, which is going to be an interesting one for the Jets because they will be playing their starters. Um, and I know a lot of fans have some angst about that, but uh, in order to properly prepare for the season, especially when you had had an offensive line that, that took its first snaps together on Thursday, 18 days before the start of the regular season um, in pads, or that was 17 days before the start of the regular season. That's the only time they've taken snaps together in pads. Uh, they, they need some work. I mean, it just is what it is. And, and you can get hurt in practice. You can get hurt in a preseason game. You can get hurt in a regular season game. Um, I don't, I understand the game is meaningless, but, but if they don't, get these reps when they have the chance uh, it's going to hurt them week one and, and that makes it meaningful so um, yeah well, we'll have coverage of that game and then you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez and on Instagram at by Andy Vasquez make sure you follow Andy on social media and read his work over at NJ.com check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel The Thunder from Down Under Luke Grant has got some fantastic all 22 breakdowns of the entire New York Jets 2022 draft class watch those videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already it's youtube.com slash playlikeajet visit our store tpublic.com that's tee we've got the John Franklin Myers Quinn and Williams bless you thank you shirt the Zach says Go long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. Tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.